Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming live from Lakeview East, Chicago, Illinois, the home of a snowstorm that will enter through all of our hearts, all of our minds, ruin our Christmas activities, but guess what? Christmas already happened, so now I'm talking to you from the past or the future. I'm not really sure because I've been drinking high-proof whiskey now for about two hours this morning, so... I'm in a good spot, and I know the person across the table from me is also in a good spot because his name is Wilson Razor Ramon Torres. Hey, young world. Junior the third. Junior the third. And we What's are here to celebrate just another day of the 12 days of barrel picks. And we are on number two today. And you are celebrating day... I think I have you at five, right? I, five. Is that where I saw I it? Think I'm day five of this celebration. Or was it six? Of this whiskey libration. Whiskey libration. It's I like that. Uh, day five. Yeah. Yeah, day so five. day five. So we're looking at December 29th right now. Hope you had a great Christmas. Hopefully you all had a very good Christmas and you had Castle and Key to sip on or got it gifted or it's on next year's list. Next year's list. <laughs> or you drink it on New Year's. <laughs> or you can drink it on New Year's. So go out right now and get it. Get some gin, make get some martinis. Yeah, get some great gin, great vodka to make some Vespers, or get some bottle of rye. And if you find a couple of bottles of weeded and or, you know, bourbon, you know, good luck. And hey, shit, holy crap, you found one. Um, but yeah, here we are, single barrel day. This yeah. is pretty... Um, Can I read us a quote to start the t- podcast? Absolutely. Because I guess we've been doing you know, that now. That's so, actually, I love that because it really does fuel... The beginnings of this uh, conversation. I think this relates to all of us. Okay. If whiskey ends up on the floor of the warehouse, it doesn't really matter. Because mm. at the end of the day, because at the end of the day, what that referring is referring to is the whiskey falling out of the barrel as the air expands, as it gets hot. And as mm-hmm. does the wood, and the whiskey falls out. Mm-hmm. Some call it angel share. I call it Jake's gain. <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to celebrate single barrels, and a single barrel derives from that one single cask maturing that delicious golden spirit. Yeah. It's amazing uh, how that happens. Like, how did this all come about? Well, um, when I was six... <laughs> I went to a game at the old Royal Stadium. Oh, my. Kaufman Field. Oh, my goodness. And I saw a man with his pants around his ankles <laughs> and underwear to join it around his ankles Ooh. at the trough. Ooh. And I thought, I never want to be that guy. Mm. So here I am, 30 years later, in a basement drinking whiskey. That's what I'll begin. And the True trough story. is still used m- less than a couple miles from here. They're a couple miles. We're talking three quarters of a mile. <laughs> I was just ice skating on <laughs> to that me, trough. You were really ice skating on that, weren't you? Still got it, baby. I hadn't ice skated in twenty three years. And I just Did it hurt? Did it hurt? No. I, I would have hurt. I, mean, I, I, I would have been. The people pain. got hurt that I was cross checking into the boards, but Holy shit. You yeah. got aggressive. Yeah. She's like, Hey, ice. you know what? I'm not here to ice skate. I'm, I'm here to play some ice hockey. Get out of here, kid. So move it, lady. Kids, women, Love children, it. people of all ages. Put them all to bed. 
Let's go get some dinner. No, but we uh, it is a gift that we have single barrels to enjoy throughout our culture of whiskey drinking these days. Yeah, it wasn't I agree. something that was that popular um, really until the last decade. There was single barrels as gifts, single barrels that would go to certain markets to sure. honor the activity of purchasing such whiskey, but. It wasn't until this whole renaissance of the whiskey industry that we saw the proliferation of single barrels, not just in America and not just by the big distilleries, but by almost every single distillery in America and now distilleries from all across the world. If able to. Yes. If able to. But I think it's so prominent that it's become so important for every distillery to display what they do on a daily basis inside of that single cast to the audience of the whiskey world. If that's their intent, I mean, for I just feel, yes. Are we forced into it? I I believe we're forced. Our our, our hand is forced. Because how many times have we fielded an email, text, or DM or something? Any way of communicating. Any way of communicating directly to us. Hey, do you guys have, do you guys do single barrels? You know, it's it's almost to a point where it's, it's demanded. It's, it almost, is. it's almost a requirement um, in order for them to continue to speak our sweet brand's names out of their mouth. So that's a question. A good way of getting started on this podcast is why does Castle and Key have a single barrel program? We have a single barrel program um, because we feel what we have to offer is a, an homage to history um, to a degree where we're challenging those very traditions being that we're out of Kentucky, especially, you know, operating out of the old Taylor distillery. Never heard of it. Neither have I. I actually, today I looked it up (laughs) and, um, it is something that we feel is like we are flavor nerds. Um, so I found it within ourselves. We feel like, man, we've got something pretty special. For instance, this bottle of single barrel rye in front of us, not bad at all. Not bad. Not a bad rye. It's a fun rye. It's a delicious rye. It's very savory. But how did it come about? Colonel Taylor didn't. He didn't distill a rye. He distilled bourbon. That was his thing. Mm-hmm. Bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. It wasn't. Now the 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 reason behind our rye was a glass flask that was come across with a tax stamp of 1917 on it. As they were restoring the grounds, they came across in one of the uh, more uh, the administrative office buildings, uh, offices, Colonel Taylor's most likely. We don't know that for sure. But it was a 1917 flat glass flask of his bourbon. They had it reverse engineered after, of course, sipping from it. Huh. You know, Really? And they're like, holy shit. This is the inspo behind what we're going to offer as our straight small batch bourbon. But to take it a step further and to challenge that tradition of what that was, what would have rye been from his mind? What would have been the mash bill he would put together for a rye if you're alive today? So this, again, as mentioned, a pain on homage to the history of what was the old Taylor distillery and what we feel he would have made today, which is what, why we've done this this is why we've made this rye why we call it restoration because it was during the restoration of his of his distillery and a single barrel is like there's not a lot of them 
which is, makes it perfect for a single barrel program. If you had thousands upon thousands, where's the uniqueness in that? Where is this, where's the luster? Where's the exclusivity? Where's the fun in that? Mm. I mean, aside from the, the, those guys over the, the, the ridge to our west, you know, six miles to our you know, west, I mean, they can do single barrels a thousand times over a day. And it's a drop in a bucket for us to do 40, maybe 50 single barrels in a year in all the states that we're, you know, distributed. That's exclusivity. That's special. And that will always be. Will we ever reach that plateau of a thousand barrels a year, single barrels? <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? But we know what we have that's special to us because mm of where the inspiration came from and not because of the demand for one. So when you're re-engineering that bourbon recipe, mm -hmm. how does that relate to rye mm. in so 2015, 16, whatever it was? Awesome question. So we've all a had a Kentucky awesome straight. Yeah. Normally are. Normally are. That's why I have a podcast. Which is why you have a podcast. Make millions of dollars from it. <laughs> Holla on IOU, which I love. It came from the reverse engineering you know, report that we got from the local university ag department. It's like, there's a lot of high heirloom white corn and there is a high amount of malted barley. Then when Vendome came to prem on premise to uh, obviously retrofit everything and make sure that everything that we needed, uh, they, they were able to actually pull some old uh, I don't know, call it strands of, of, of yeast mm. from some of the pipes of the, of the mash pipe tr mass transferring pipes that were still intact from 1932, 1936, if I may, I may be wrong about the dates. But we put those together. I'm like, okay, high white corn, high heirloom white corn, high malted barley. We're, we're going to use high rye, high malted barley, minimal corn. But we're going to go dent corn on that uh, just to separate the two, you know, as far as the, the experiences. And that's how they came about, hmm. you know. And... As we all know, a rye after a good solid two years, depending on where you're at, climactor and, and whatnot in, in proximity, you can have a pretty solid rye. Uh, this, this is something that I has, it, it's, it's still, I haven't been, hadn't been able to grip on yet because this is like, okay, why is this one so different? This one's so, there's a lot going on here. There's almost a story in the sip. Mm. So that's that's what I feel makes this very intriguing. So what's the story behind your everyday go-to rye that you guys developed at Castle and Key? Before we get into the single barrel, give us a frame of reference to what is Castle and Key rye. Castle and Key rye is a high is a sixty-three percent rye, twenty percent malted barley, seventeen percent uh, dent corn, um, mash bill, uh, aged a minimum right now. We are looking at four years right now since um, the last batch that we released. It is, again, a, a nod to a, a homage, a nod to history, and a challenge to the very traditions of Kentucky. Kentucky is known as bourbon land. 95% of the bourbon comes out of Kentucky, as we all know. Didn't know that. I know you didn't. Because between Brett and I, we know everything. <laughs> so Brett's not I, here I anymore. happen to know if that you didn't one. notice, Brett's not here well, anymore. He was before before he left. He's just trimmed down so much. <laughs> um, but the story was it was we wanted to produce something that first and foremost a rye. Usually everyone 
you know, they expect a bourbon out of us. They mm -hmm. want a bourbon, bourbon, bourbon. Well, no, rye. Because rye is intriguing. Rye is complex. Rye is ever different from everything else. Bourbon is bourbon. Bourbon can get stale, you know, depending on, on the market and, and who's drinking it and, and what's talked about. It's always bourbon. There's not a lot of rye talk, you know. Mm -hmm. So why not, why not start the party or join the party? Join the party. Yeah. So when you're developing your rye, what is the flavor profiles you were trying to get out of it? Or I guess what are the flavor profiles that end, you end up getting out of it consistently? <sighs> yeah, you know, it's a very good question. And I feel that's what makes the single barrel program that much more um, unique. When we blend our restoration rye batches, uh, we can... they we vary from anywhere between 50 to 80 barrels per batch. Hmm. And it's just a matter of our geekness when it comes to flavoring to flavor. I should say not flavoring. That's incorrect to say to flavor. You add flavor to your whiskey. I always knew it. You know, yep. thanks. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not true. <laughs> it's, we want to honor the, we want to, it's the fourth ingredient and that's time. We wanted to respect time. <laughs> That's how good it was, ladies and gentlemen. It went down the right pipe. <laughs> oh, man. That did not go down the right pipe. <laughs> That's why you don't sneeze and swallow at the same time. <laughs> it's, um... We, we want to also pay respect to time and the time that it takes to do what we do the time that it takes for all of us to do what we all do in distilling and per our brands um so we wanted to honor the barrel and, and allow for the barrels to come through sometimes that blend is 50 because that's 50 barrels it's awesome we're losing proof in our in our method of of maturation mm -hmm. in our uh, rick house so we need to depend on flavor yeah naturally which is why we became flavor geeks to begin with. So that being said, each batch is going to be obviously m different in taste, but always consistent in quality because of the of the process and the time that we actually allowed it to. You know, we gave it to get to the point where we like this is good. Let's blend this. What's your entry proof? Entry proof is one ten. Um, that will go into one fifteen, one seventeen into twenty twenty three because of our losing proof. How much are you losing? We're losing a shit ton. So if we're going right now, on average, um, batch uh, batch strength is anywhere between one fifteen, one nineteen, at single barrel strength. Yeah. Batch strength is much lower because we're using obviously we're using what we feel younger lots blending with older lots, you know. So. You know, we're we're losing anywhere between five to ten proof points. Is that because of how your where your distillery is situated, kind of in the valley? In the valley, correct. Yeah, yeah. So we're sitting in. A, it's, it's kind of rare for yeah. Kentucky distilleries to do that. Correct, which is why we're we're upping our entry proof as of twenty twenty three. Um, I don't um, think I ever realized there was that much of a difference. It's a huge yeah. difference because, to your point, we're our proximity is in the valley, you know, nestled between. Buffalo, um, Buffalo Trace and, and Woodford Reserve. So in our Rick House, being not even only four stories tall, made out of complete brick and, and uh, wood and rick, no climate control. There's obviously op windows with dilapidated you know shutters that are dangling, never opened or closed. Whatever the wind decides to do with them, 
you know, so we are in a position to mature our whiskey, like barbecue, slow and low. Mm. Um, fortunately, I work for slow and low. You did work for slow and low in that creepy ass van. Remember that shit? Yeah, I do. It I was do. fun though. I love the back of that van. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's, you know, we, we are working with what, you know, mother nature gave us mm. and with the intent of doing, doing right by the history, but also challenging the very traditions of that. Plus, you know, trailblazing something different in regards to that. Because, mm. you know, with our clears, which is a different, you know, conversation, using the very same wood to distill it also has paved that way for us to do that. So when did the idea of a single barrel cro- program commence for you guys? Last year. Really? Yeah. Last year. Why? It's a good question. That I do not know. Um, uh, manpower, I would assume. You what know? do you mean? Um, well, we now have a single barrel specialist. Mm. Uh, her name is Val Calella. Uh, she came uh, from. <laughs> <laughs> she came to us from West Virginia, uh, Smooth Ambler. So she worked for them for the last seven episode and eight years. one of the twelve days of barrel. There picks. you go. There you go. <clears throat> and um, you're right. Yeah, they are number one um, this year. Um, yeah. So when we decided on a, on a single barrel program, we wanted to make sure we had someone in place to oversee it. And to really take cor- you know, take precedence over that. Um, and then we devised what we started was eighty barrels, and then within a month we were like, eh, actually, you only have sixty barrels to work with. Uh, uh, only you only have like when it was all said and done, it was like maybe less than fifty barrels to you know to sell this past year, you know, and that was spread over fifteen, sixteen markets. So not every market got a fair share. Some markets didn't get any, you know. So it's just. You know, it was in infancy, it was a pilot program. Um, now that Val is in place and Val really has her mind and her and her, uh, and her passion really mm-hmm. intertwined with it, yeah. now this program is, is going not to take off in a sense where there's going to be a shit ton of barrels out there, but there'll be very well allocated, very well selected, very much, much better selected barrels because there's actually someone that can do it instead of someone that has to take the time out of their day doing 15 other things. Yeah, she so. puts her soul into the sheep job. Yeah, I mean, so that's what we needed. We needed a heartbeat. Mm. It's a great way, great way of putting it because yeah. she definitely provides that. Yeah. Well, she, like, let's say you said, I don't know how many barrels, barrels you have allocated for Illinois. Let's say 20. Yeah, I wish. And, okay, let's <laughs> say 10. 10 is fair. I'll All take right. 10. Um, and you say I have five more accounts that could get single barrels. Yeah. But in this scenario, she's like, we don't have five more ready for you. We have five more barrels that could be single barrels. But we don't have five more barrels that are up to what I think the the standards of Castle and Key should be. Okay. Would she hold that back or would she go for the sale? She holds it back. Love that. She holds it back. And the reason being is the foundation. I just sent her a photo of you, by the way. Oh, awesome. Oh, she just responded. Awesome. That's one handsome spirit. <laughs> In parentheses, in parentheses, Wilson. That, yeah, that bottle, I tell you. Um, oh, she's talking about you. Oh, oh, hey. Oh, hey. All right, Lucy, I see you. <laughs> um, well, she's. I've been able to work with her so well. That it, it's. I'm really excited for her. I'm really excited for this program. But I'm also very excited. If ex- I may. Yeah, of course. Um, if you want to go back and hear Val on our podcast, she was on oh, yeah. our, our World Whiskey Day podcast, I believe part one. She might have been our first guest, actually, of uh, around, I'm not sure what number of episode it was, but it was back in May of 2020, 
two that we had her on and you can hear the passion behind her voice, not just for Castle and Key, but for whiskey in general and what this industry means to her. So if you want to go back and hear what Wilson and I are talking about and referring to when it comes to talking about Val, please uh, turn this off right now. Yeah. Go into your podcast episodes and, and go choose that, that one. And then come back to us. And then come back to this one. <laughs> because this one is just really reflective of what... Um, I should have had her on for this program. You should have. God damn You it. should have. Yeah. In fact, we can do... 2.0 and she can do it from you know from afar yeah well um, I'm, I'm sure between uh my visits to kentucky and her visit to chicago we can arrange something oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah yeah she's she's always game she you know and 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 that's the thing with this this braille program it, we needed to make sure that we were being fair to ourselves. Hmm. so we piloted it this past year um and you know it's every market's different as we know um, I have, I have colleagues who were allocated more barrels than I were and not that they were having difficulty selling them, but it was just the time that it took to really be able to really truly reward these partnerships in market, the, that opportunity to select a barrel, whether it be in market or at Castle and Key, you know, and, um, we're, we're learning We're we're just turned six years old, you know, um, our oldest slot is, you know, is, 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 is that if, if, if at all, if, if, if five, five years at the most, you know, so we're in position to really not be married to what we're doing now. Um, but at least this program will help us, you know, establish something that we can continuously pour into. Um, Brett Connors, our, our head, you know, our head blender, uh, shout out to Brett and, and John Brown, who is now moved on to uh, another opportunity. But between the two of them, they they took time. They literally would take a full day to go through lots that, that were up for reevaluation or first initial evaluation of where they were in the maturation. Mm. Uh, and not for the sake of a single bail program, but for the sake of our core product, our restoration rye. So with that said... Of course, they're going to come across like, fuck, man, this barrel is going to be pretty badass. Let's see what it does. Let's put it on a lot by itself as a single barrel. Um, and that's what we have in front of you today is one of those very barrels that um, Brett Connors and uh, John Brown selected. This is a this is actually only this is a single barrel sold out of the distillery. I happened to win this when I was on my <laughs> sales retreat there uh, for the uh, 2022 cocktail competition yes. with my main man, Griff. Uh, we were paired Wait, up. You won a cocktail competition? We, I won a cocktail competition. Yeah. I know. Making what? Oh, man. We made a lightning bug. It was a riff off of the last word. We huh. were given uh, a set of ingredients, and then we had to choose one by lottery, and we were able to make a riff off a of last word. That was pretty fucking stellar. So this is only sold at the distillery. This single barrel is, is comes from the in Frankfurt. In Frankfurt, this is uh, comes in about a one. This is one nineteen, about four, four and a half years old. I want to mm. say, yeah, uh, it's absolutely delicious. I appreciate it. Thank it you. It has so earlier today, and you'll be hearing this podcast in the future about Sagamore Spirit. We had a very yes. nice leathery, tasty rye from yeah. them. I would say one of our favorite Sagamores we've ever had. Absolutely, um, absolutely, hands down. This one has a leathery note, slight in the beginning. But then it transitions to this like fruity, spicy, mm-hmm. um, anise flavor note to the back end of it all, and yes. it comes together like a little orange peel in there. Yes. Um, absolutely delicious. Uh, it doesn't. It coats the mouth in such a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, I only compare the two because we're tasting them back to back. Yes, from of each course. Other. No, it's only fair. But they coat the mouth so differently, 
Absolutely. Like with uh, with Brett's, it was leathery and bold mm-hmm. and delicious all over the uh, all over your your palate, and it hung there. A very steady, as mentioned. I, I believe I use the word ember, mm. just like a continuous warmth yeah. and light. This is almost like a mold wine, mm. and not as juicy. Yeah, not as juicy, but as as uh, as um, savory yes. and spicy yes, yes. and and citrusy. Uh, and, but the citrus, not citrusy, because the citrus is a deep citrus. It's almost like a, a, a like to your point, a blood orange citrus. Yeah, blood orange is good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just. So this is the first time I've had it. I have this. Oh. I've, I won this in August, and I've been holding it on. <laughs> I've been holding on like, to it. We're gonna do twelve this barrel pitch sometime in December. Yeah, I'm like I'm gonna hold on to this because this is gonna this is gonna be something to be celebratory over and well, who better well than one of my one best friends in my life and with Jake and to do this, but. I've been because of the color and everything. I keep mm. looking at it. I'm like, man, what does that taste like? So right. I'm really excited about this one. Um, this is almost like a. I assume it's sold out. Um, honestly, I don't know. Um, I don't know if this one's sold out. I'm pretty sure. Um, our our single barrels are yielding anyway between 32 to 34. So this is at cases. the store. This is at but our on the back. It says selected by 2022 cocktail competition <laughs> winner. And apparently it's you. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm looking for a barrel number. There is no barrel number. Well, so how do we tell people to buy it? Oh, they just show up. But which just one? Buy do this one. Does it say that in the back? Um, on every bottle. Yes. Oh, okay, so if you're at the at the castle, well, you're not the 2022. Well, what part. the fuck then? How yeah. do we tell people to buy this damn yeah. bottle? So when we re- when we release, uh, this is a special. Put it this way, this is a. I'm under the impression, and I may be wrong. I should have asked this. I'm under the impression that this is a bottle that was uh, drilled. This is a barrel that was drilled okay. and unfiltered and put into this bottle. So this is the only bottle that exists from that barrel? Two bottles exist from this barrel. You and Griff. Me and Griff. So I go to Griff's house and steal it. You could if you wanted to. Okay. He's got a dog now, though. I'm sure it's he a, has, It's a little shit. He must I don't have, think you'll have, have a problem He must have guns, too, though. Uh, you know, I don't think Griff has the guns. Everybody in Kentucky has guns. You think so? Oh, yeah. Maybe so. his wife does. Oh. Julie, I think, would. I don't think Griff would hold a gun. Hmm. I have guns. He's a good kid. Two of them. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out, yo. Yeah, and my Star Wars Christmas sweater. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly... So this is like super, yeah. super rare. Yeah. So that barrel could be in a batch already. It could be in a batch, or it could be the rest of it is on the shelf right now. Or still in the, the warehouse? Or still in the warehouse. Fuck! You're welcome. Now mine's blown. Yeah. Um, no. Well, this is a very special treat. Yeah. So, this uh, is awesome. That's for why all of you listening, um, and fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really delicious, though. It's uh, it's so well rounded. Yeah. Did our you, ride. Did you get to pick the barrel that you chose from, or they just like, hey, whoever wins the competition gets a a bottle from this barrel? I didn't get to pick the barrel, no. But <sighs> I tell you what, if when I go back down there to do that, I hope that it's this barrel. Because now that I'm going back down. Um I was supposed to go for the Christmas party. Sadly I had events to do, so uh missed that out again year two. I mean I've only been with, with, with them for a year, but I was with them since November of last year. Um so I'm hoping to go in early uh Q one or late Q one um to do a couple special little things and um bring back a little couple extra little special things um so hopefully again 
it's it's something that I hope they have. Re- I'm sure they have record of it because you have to take record of everything. But if it's still available, this is what I want to bring back to Chicago. So what I would just urge all customers that are buying whiskey out there, <laughs> if you're down in Castle and Key and there's a single barrel on the shelf, just, just buy grab it. it. Seriously, See, just it grab might it. be this one that we're talking about. It might about. be this one. It may be something. You know, um, I'm sure it'll be stellar. It, it'd be pretty stellar. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed. It's, you know, what the pro just the approach that we take the intention that we take the communal uh perspective that we that we offer you know the hospitality we consider ourselves a hospitality brand oh yeah um because why wouldn't we you know we're in the south you know colonel taylor when he when he establishes this um distillery in 1887 the way he did and and what inspired what inspired him to do so the way he did why wouldn't we continue that on after restoring it not make nothing on nothing on our 113 acres is shiny nothing is new our still is hidden in fact i think you see it for five seconds on your tour if at all you know there's two of them a 24 inch and a 36 inch you know i mean that's it and you see just a couple of the plates you don't it's not the center of affection it's not named penny it's not named lincoln it's not named copper you know we are the old taylor distillery doing business as castle and key yeah the whole the whole guard the whole grounds are is the attraction to yeah I mean, there. you you you, able, you were able to see it firsthand. You saw it. Yeah, broken. You, know? you should have. I would have done it too. It's probably more fun that way. Isn't that essentially what people did for like decades? For sure. <laughs> I mean, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've met cats that are like, man, I used to break break into that place all the time. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> do you tag anything? Because that'd be cool if you tagged anything. Take any whiskey? Yeah. Did you do anything? Could you imagine though did walking you, like, through there and like finding? You ch- did you turn on the lights? That's the problem though. No one walking through there. If there is, if there even were barrels or bottles somewhere, a, a teenager would probably just like break them. Yeah. Like, oh, cool. I'm gonna break this. Oh, look, there's stuff in it. Yeah. I dare to drink it. And it wouldn't even been till the last <laughs> eight, nine, ten, eleven years where yeah. you're thinking like this could be actually worth something. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously it's, outliers of like the one percent of the one percent that knew was what knew was. What, what what would it be, but yeah. I mean, we have a we have a direct descendant on our staff. Uh, Murray, who um, is a great grandchild of Colonel Taylor's, four oh, times really? over or something like that. Um, but he is so well in tune with his family history and so on and so forth. Especially the aspect, the part of of the history where, you know, where, where you know Buffalo Trace with the old, ta- you know, the uh, E. H. Taylor brand name. You know, it's strictly a a name. You know, just a legacy name that they're using, and that's it. It's it's what they're mashed to eight year old that they're using for that. If I, I don't yeah. even know. I, well, I don't like, know any of that I don't, shit. Yeah, I don't really care. I don't. I really don't give two fucks. Because Beam owned the facility at one point too, right? Well, so when Colonel Taylor passed uh, in 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 the early twenties at ninety three, you know, it changed. It changed over. Yeah, the ownership changed over a couple times to the more prominent distilling families of Kentucky, um, but. The sole reasoning behind that was almost an early form of monopolization, if you will, where nothing competing can come out of this fucking place. There is nothing to be produced up here. We're going to use the shit out of the warehouses because right. they're phenomenal. Right, right, right. They're well engineered, and they had that Colonel Taylor, you know, and touch huge. to him and huge. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, it wasn't until National Distillers took ownership of it that they started reproducing out of there. And what uh, year is that? Uh, um. I'm sorry. I, I want to say 1950. Yeah, it sounds right. Because Beam there. owned those warehouses till like the 80s or 90s, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to say till 1950 something. 
I may be incorrect, um, so I'm not. So I'm don't trying quote to think me. when the distillers, when that, when that, because National group. Distillers, they copped out after a Sunday third shift. They just turned off the lights, literally just flipped the switch, and they're done. They were out. They took everything out of what was theirs, and they moved on. And then, it, and then a salvage company owned the property, and stripped it of all of all possible. And this is between this is right before the 2008 home economy crash or that housing market crash. Um, and then that business went tanked because, well, no one's buying brand new houses anymore. They're buying shit at, you know, on fire sale, whatnot. And then it wasn't until Will looked up on Google, hey, distilleries <laughs> for sale, and here was 113 acres of history. I think it's a lesson to for us all to reflect on where today, as Brett mentioned off microphone, that we were... We are baseball card collectors <laughs> yeah. as adults collecting whiskey bottles yeah. now. Yeah. And it wasn't too long ago that nobody wanted any of this whiskey as I'm looking at my shelf mm-hmm. of whiskey. Nobody wanted it. No one wanted anything. And now we praise it. We search it. People go we to store tw- it. 15, 20 liquor stores a day yeah. to go and find certain things. It's a game. It's turned into a game, but I think we should be very careful of the game. A game always has an end result agreed and you know and, and part of part of the part of this game that you know and i love this community especially what we divide what we developed on instagram on facebook and all those social media uh platforms that we're part of um especially during the pandemic you know i, I i'm still very grateful for it um but part of this game that a lot of people having grasped is teamwork mm is the most vital part of these of a game is having a team and following maybe not following rules because you know we can break rules there's always around that but teamwork teamwork in a sense where you hoarding 12 bottles of fucking taylor there's 11 other people that have yet to try it you know that's not teamwork no. you know and you're probably not sharing it you know why I I, I, I I will bet my I'll bet money that maybe there are a few of you that would because I see that a lot the sharing aspect especially during Wait, the holidays but would they share it without taking a photo correct exactly and that's what I'm saying it's unshareable in their mind because what they see is this wonderful library of beautiful bottles and beautiful you know uh, the people's well-being and bottles you know and it's just it's completely sealed you know and you're not helping making new fans by hoarding this. Again, another reference to a game. We need new fans. We need new drinkers. But if you keep hoard, if you keep hoarding this, you keep keeping these on your bottles. And you're not sharing it for those who don't. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm not trying to call you an asshole. But man, help us. Help us play the game. You know, we can all play this game. We can, it's it's like major leagues, man. Back to Brett's rec. Man, single A, double A, triple A, the big leagues. Hey, there are some of you have monstrous collections, and I think those are beautiful. But what's more beautiful about it is how much you talk about the sharing of it instead of just posing it. Well said. And I think people buy these whiskeys because inside of it they've touted it for so long that they're think <clears throat> they're going to find some magical answer inside of that bottle where it's going to be just the most profound experience they've ever had when consuming alcohol. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, that might happen. That might happen. But I found it today inside of a seven-year-old Sagamore rye. I agree. I tell you what, um, 
and again, because of who, what we do and who we are and the friends that we have, maybe not who we are, but what we do more. Um, but these, these relationships we've established early on in our career, mm-hmm. I feel people like us enough where they want to share these things with us and we're privy to these things. And to, to have something, I mean, a pinhook rye that, mm. you know, I expressed my deep affinity for it. It was amazing. <laughs> this more choice of uh, barrel selection that we just shared with Brett previous. Yeah. That's what it's about. That's playing a team game, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to tag you in. or Hey, man, DH for me, whatever. You know, because it's going to get to a point where you're going to choose something. You're going to choose something you already had, or you're going to choose Castle and Key. What's that bottle cost at the distillery? For right, I want to say um, single barrels at the distillery are anywhere between 55 and $60. Okay. So the reason why I bring it up, ask a question. Hey, so someone who I can have a frame of reference for purchasing one potentially in the future, but let's call it 60 bucks. Let's call it $60. Let's call Brett $60. It's $60. Let's call this bottle of whiskey we have right here on the sh- on in front of us twenty five dollars. Yes. And you referenced one more single barrel in there too. So let's say you have sixty times three, it's one hundred and eighty dollars plus a twenty five dollar bottle. You're talking about two hundred and five dollars. Let's just round it up to two hundred and ten. Any of those bottles you are searching out there for, that you're gonna f- you think you're gonna find some revelation inside of, mm-hmm. <laughs> go up paying two hundred dollars for it. <laughs> Well said. Take Good a point. Li- I think we can leave it at that. I agree. Let's leave it at that. Well, um, thank you for sharing this very special bottle. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. That's great. I'm, I'm uh, very, very happy. I'm getting emotional now because I've <laughs> been able to share it with you, and this is something I've been holding on to. And, and I think you, sharing is what yeah. the conversation has been uh, consumed by over here in the last five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, this is... It's just special. Um, everything you, you is special. You have my bottles of E.H. Taylor because guess what? I buy them or someone gets them to me. I never <laughs> open them. Not because I'm like hoarding them because I don't really care. Yeah. I mean, if they're gifts, they're gifts. They're given to you with reason. Yeah. So find reason to share. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.